What is up, you beautiful humans? Jonathan Perez here, your host of the Become Unlimited podcast, where my purpose is to serve you in exploring and equipping you with the most effective tools and practices across topics such as nutrition, fitness, emotional and mental health, spirituality, relationships, and lifestyle design. In this episode, we'll be talking about the topic of conscious relationships. As we go into the conversation, I also want to preface that when we talk about conscious relationship, this doesn't necessarily only mean with an intimate partner. We're really talking about how do we relate consciously to all areas of our life. So just keep that in mind as you listen in. And throughout the conversation, we're going to touch base on a few key questions. Uh, One being, what is conscious relationship? What does it mean? How do I know if I'm in one or if I'm developing towards being in one? Why would I be interested in doing the work to cultivate a conscious relationship? What are the benefits? What results would I get? How would I go about beginning the work towards cultivating a conscious relationship? What are the resources that are out there and what support should I seek? And also, if you are in an intimate relationship and you decide to pursue the work, what might you do if maybe your partner isn't interested in doing the work with you? So we'll definitely touch base on that here as well. To help us through the conversation today, our guest is none other than Santi Katuri. Santi is a neuroscientist, software engineer, rock climber, trail runner, men's work leader, and relationship coach. He spent the majority of his 20s working in neuroscience research labs, building a career in research and development. Despite having accomplished what he thought would bring him happiness, a deep sense of depression and anxiety and frustration kept getting stronger. So he sold everything he owned, moved into a Volkswagen van, and began his journey for the missing link to happiness. He spent three years traveling and meditating alone in the woods. His deepest healing, however, came in the most surprising of places, a group of fellow men. Men's work became the central guiding force in his spiritual journey, and within seven months of diving into the work, every aspect of his life has now improved for the better. He now serves men and women in their healing journeys, coaching them to uncover and unblock the hidden links to their own joy happiness, and love. He specializes in shadow work, conscious relationship work, and plant medicine preparation and integration. This will be a jam-packed conversation, at least from my experience of it, with a lot of value. And watch out because there might be certain points in the conversation where you might be called to action or something may arise within you to actually go and dig deeper in some area of your life. So I invite you to lean into that and I hope you enjoy the conversation. We'll now bring on Santi. All right, Santi, welcome to the podcast, brother. Thanks for having me. All right. So at the intro of this, I would have shared a little bit about you already, but of course, we'd love to hear it in your own words. Uh, so if you don't mind sharing your background and your story of how you got into into this work of conscious relationship work and coaching as well, and just share with us what you're up to today. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a journey um, to get to where I am now. But uh, yeah, I mean, it started. I mean, it started many years ago. Um, in many ways, but I was, uh, yeah, I quit my job and moved into a van, just kind of searching for something, wanting something a little bit more out of life than, uh, than a six figure income. And just, um, yeah, all the things that I was told would make me happy, but, but, uh, I just wasn't, I wasn't happy. I wasn't satisfied with life. And so moved into a little van and, 
spent a few years just exploring, camping, hiking, just kind of doing my own thing in the woods and um, found meditation and started to learn, started to have these little mini awakenings. Um, at least in hindsight, I see them as, as little awakenings, just kind of moving me forward on this path. And uh, yeah, I was, I was pretty convinced that like I was done with a relationship that I was ready to be a monk, like ready to like trade in my van for the orange robe and like uh, go meditate in a cave with my husky. And uh, yeah, that was going to be my path. I was pretty convinced of it. And, and then I met this woman and everything that I thought I'd left behind, that I thought I'd meditated out and just left on the meditation cushion. Uh, all of it came like a tsunami wave back onto me. And I was like getting like, just washing machined in like all of this stuff that I'm like, no, I, why, why does this have to come back? Um, and so, yeah, then it became kind of a mad search for new tools. Like, what are we, what are we doing here? Uh, what's coming up? Why is this stuff coming up? How do I deal with this? Um, and, uh, yeah, she kept mentioning that she has this women's circle, like we'd have a fight or something and, she'd go and like process with her women's circle. And I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure that I can't get a women's circle, but it seems to be helping her. So maybe I get a men's circle. Maybe that's something that exists. And so I looked up like men's work online and I found the Samurai Brotherhood and sort of like convinced, uh, convinced one of the guys, his name's Ben. I just like found him online and they were doing this new thing called Ronin, which was like online men's work. And I'm like, that's what I need because I live in a van. And so I got in there. It was just like, it was just everything I'd been searching for. Um, and yeah, it, it gave me the tools. It gave me a container, like a, a space to actually just like face all this stuff with other men outside of my relationship, um, which kind of gave me a vantage point to actually see my relationship because I wasn't just like swimming in it all the time. Um, and yeah, that's kind of how I arrived at it. And then it was just reading all the books, doing all the work, just like I finally started to feel like I could cook, like someone in head and be fire. And I was like actually able to cook my own food uh, for the first time. And yeah, just the empowerment that comes from like shifting from like full victim mindset, which I know is one of those buzzwords that everyone uses, but like truly not even knowing that I was in victim mindset because I couldn't even see it. And then like slowly doing all of the little ego deaths that require from like killing that part of my mind so that this new thing could be born. And uh, yeah, that, that journey took uh, a year or two. Um, I mean, it's still going on. Um, still very much going on at full speed. But uh, I feel like, yeah, there's at least a little bit of ground underneath my feet that I can stand on. Um, and. Yeah, but I'm not so far down the path that I'm like, just, I don't know, Eckhart Tolle or something where you're just speaking in like three words, you know, like syllables and whatever. And like, you're not, uh, like, I feel like I'm still spanning this divide so I can still help men who are like completely stuck. Um, and I've got enough that I can help them start to transition. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of my, my like backstory. It's my fun little... Uh, adventure tale <laughs> nice yeah awesome i can appreciate obviously all of that all of that and for folks listening the interesting part is when santi ended up starting to lead his own men's group 
I took his spot in the squad that he's referring to. So that was awesome. And I'm, I'm currently in there. So yeah, super powerful uh, Samurai Brotherhood. Check it out if you haven't for men's work specifically. Awesome, Santi. Well, I appreciate you sharing, sharing your story. And of course, I think uh, with the end in mind, knowing that this is always a journey, right? There's no end to it. And I think that's one thing to get really clear about. Um, but when it comes to the conscious relationship work, I think, first of all, the reason why we're having this conversation is to clear the air a bit and just get really practical with some of these things. And I know it can be tough, right? So we have a, a pretty heavy task uh, here that we're putting on your shoulders, trying to, to simplify some of these things. So I appreciate you, you um, doing that for us. But I'm going to kick you off here with a question really high level. Like, how would you describe or define a conscious relationship? Yeah, it's a good question. And I, I think it's in some ways easier to define what it isn't in a way. Um, I think especially because the word conscious has is, is, is become a buzzword. Uh, it is thrown around everywhere these days. And um, yeah, I mean, I think a key way to understand what is a conscious relationship and what isn't is, you know, when you're truly able to see uh, what is yours. And in that, you know, a quick example would just be, um, you know, most people start off in the honeymoon phase, right? They're just, they're jazzed on each other. They love everything about each other. There's no faults, right? Um, everyone's just really excited about each other at this point. And then there will always be a transition, right? All of a sudden, the magic will kind of disappear. Uh, things You'll start to notice little things about your partners, uh, but about your partner that, that didn't annoy you before, but now all of a sudden, it just like grinds your bones. And you're like, oh, and, and in that moment, there's a really powerful transitioning happen uh, where you can then decide, okay, am I not going to say anything? Am I going to dim my own light? Am I going to just say, you know what? I don't, I, I'll just ignore that. Right. And, and the process of ignoring is in many ways, the process of going unconscious, right? It's the process of just saying, you know what? I, I I'm just going to ignore that thing over there. I'm not actually going to try and uh, uh, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to try and figure out what's going on. Right? I'm not going to make it conscious. I'm not going to make it known. I'm going to pretend it doesn't exist in hopes that it goes away. And over years, that can just generally turn into a relationship full of resentment, right? Where uh, you have lost yourself over so many little tiny decisions um, to the point where both of you just have so many walls up. There's so much resentment between each other. Uh, that you, at that point, you usually stay together because you're financially intertwined, your family's intertwined. Um, maybe, maybe there's one thing that you're getting. Maybe it's the sex, maybe it's the comfort, maybe it's the companionship. You know, there's, there's one thing that you're holding on for and then everything else you just block out and kind of ignore. Um, and a conscious relationship is sort of the opposite of that, right? Um, it's the opposite of codependency and, yeah, it's it, it 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 has many other like it's hard to define it because it's anything that isn't that um, in a sense, and um, yeah, it's it's simply, I mean, the simplest way to put it, which might not be that tangible, is it's a relationship in which both people decide to be their fullest selves, where they refuse to sacrifice. But they also take 100% responsibility for their own minds, their own hearts, their own pasts, uh, how their minds want to project things onto their partners. And it's a sort of commitment 
and a daily commitment, a weekly commitment, a yearly commitment to continually come back to um, trying to build intimacy and and not build walls between each other. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of where I would start. I don't know if that, uh, does that answer your question? Yeah, no, it does provide a clear picture. And I mean, you're obviously deep in the work and I was reflecting back. I mean, you've been a huge part of my own, my own journey personally too. And I remember the biggest thing was just taking responsibility for my side of the street. Right. Um, and that was always the hardest because I'm like, no, but it's her fault. Damn it. Can't you see that what she's doing and yada, yada, yada. Um, and once you advise, like shine the spotlight on yourself and see how you're contributing to this that took a lot of awareness and consciousness to your point, which I think alludes to the conscious relationship uh, or the name, if you will. Yeah. And I could even, I mean, you, we could perhaps simplify conscious relationship down to one sentence, which is it's a relationship in which you take a hundred percent responsibility for your half of the relationship for your part in it. And, and so if there's any blame, if you're blaming your partner at all, then you're not in a conscious relationship. You're refusing. As soon as there's blame involved, um, you're not looking at something. And you think that it's their job to be the one. Um, it's not your job to look at anything. Um, and, and even if it is, like, here's all the things that my partner did that were wrong. Here's all the ways that they crossed my boundary. Well, where were you in that? Right? Where did you not set your boundaries? Where did you not uh, actually enforce your boundaries by perhaps leaving the relationship or saying, Hey, like this really can't exist. And if this continues, then I am going to leave. Um, and so, yeah, I think if there is blame in a relationship, then it is not a conscious relationship. Um, and that we are all going to naturally blame our partners. It's kind of the natural state. And so it's, it's, it's don't shame the blame, <laughs> Right. You're okay that you feel the blame come up. But as soon as the blame comes up, my partner is doing this to me. I swear it. I know that they're doing this. Then it's catch that. And then, okay, what's really going on here? And it's in that little moment that you go from unconscious relationship to conscious relationship. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And what, what was interesting because what came up for me is like, damn, but it's so much easier to just play the victim and blame. <laughs> Which is what makes this work freaking hard, mm -hmm. right? Totally. Uh, and, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the human condition because we're all born into codependency. We were codependent on our mothers from the day that we were two cells instead of just one, right? Like we depended on others for our safety and protection, our food. And we did all the way, you know, through childbirth into young, you know, all the way until 18, we depended on others. And because we don't have initiation as a process in our culture, many of us are 45 years old, still acting like six. Um, you know, there is no real breaking point, so to speak, for which we really start to differentiate from that. And so, yeah, I think there's a lot of, um, yeah, I don't want to like, I know there's a lot of people who feel bad about realizing like, oh no, I'm a bad person because I'm not in a conscious relationship. And I just want to set the tone with, it's okay that you're not. We all are born into that. And it is literally a process of actively like breaking those old ties and actively choosing a different way. And that we're all doing this together. We're all figuring it out. And so, 
yeah, if you were to find yourself in an unconscious relationship, welcome to the club. We're all in here together. We're all doing it together. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's just an important thing to note. Yeah, 100%, 100% agree. Well, noting that you've been in the work for a while, and of course, you help a lot of folks um, through this type of work. If I'm if I'm coming to you or if I'm listening here, what would you what would you say if someone is interested in doing the work? What can they expect to get out of it or or why should I be interested interested in cultivating a conscious relationship for myself? That's a great question and I feel like it's something that kind of uh um kind of gets sidelined because it's called the work, right? You're like, "Oh, this is just something I have to do." And like uh, and I think it's a great question to be like, okay, what do I get out of this? Like what's actually on, what's at the end of the rainbow? Because apparently it's a lot of work, uh, to do it. Um, and I think there is, uh, there is a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, um, of true self-empowerment of truly knowing yourself, uh, of not because when you're not blaming anyone, it's because you've really looked at every single aspect of your own mind. You faced your own demons, uh, you've slayed the dragon, and it turned out the dragon was within you. Um, and, you know, in some ways, yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a heroic metaphor, but you have conquered yourself in a way. Uh, your partner is a mirror, your partner is, a, is, is really a partner in your individual journeys that you are both walking together. And so there's this like lifelong partnership uh, that can be built. Um, but I think at the, uh, you know, the, the, the other piece to that is this state what's, of what's called co-creativity, um, where you're just, once all of the energy that you used to put into suppressing yourself, right? So if you'd been in a relationship for three years and there'd been like, you know, you've been so shut down Right. You've given up so many parts of yourself. Well, there's a deep part of you that still knows what you want and what you deserve and what you're capable of. And it wants out. And so to keep it down requires constantly like tightening this lid. Right. And it, and, and so you're putting unconsciously that much effort into keeping yourself small, keeping yourself in resentment, keeping yourself in this like really uh, limited state. And when two things happen, one is you actually let go of all that shame and that blame and that all, you know, all of that stuff. You not only are free of shame, but all of the energy that used to go into keeping yourself small and angry and pissed off and resentful now gets to go towards the shit that you actually want to do in your life. Um, and so it's, it's both a removal of the negative and it's also like jet fuel, for all of your creative projects, all the things you want to do in your life, um, you now have infinite fuel and now you have a partner who actually like co-creates that with you and supports you. And so, yeah, there's, there is this like almost blissful state of like personal empowerment and deep connection and creativity and all these like beautiful human things that we kind of, uh, yeah, that sometimes feel foreign and like uh, literally like they're at the end of the rainbow because we don't even know that they're possible because we haven't tasted it yet. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's what's awaiting people. And the, the beauty of it, it, I'd actually probably shouldn't use the rainbow analogy because you get bits of it along the way. 
right? You get to taste this. It's not just some sort of active blind faith that, okay, if I do this work, the work for three years, then I will eventually have something. It's that you get immediate results the day you start doing this. And uh, it doesn't mean it's easy, but it does mean that there is something, you know, waiting for you right around the corner, um, which I think is, uh, yeah, that's been a huge incentive uh, for me. And, and it's, it's just really fun to watch clients, to walk, you know, to watch men that I work with just like have these like breakthrough aha moments. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> and, and of course I can, I can attest to, to a lot of what you're saying and not only in my personal life, but also just witnessing your, your own journey, Santa, and especially with, with your partner, because you, you shared stories around how literally where we started this conversation from the unconscious realm into the co-creativity where now it looks like you two are just doing incredible things. So I do just want to take it or give you a chance to speak to that a little bit and how that's progressed for you and your partner through, through the journey. Yeah. I mean, there's when we're not, uh, I mean, I think the way that things would have gone in a past relationship was that, you know, I would have some creative idea. Well, she's resentful of something that I, you know, I didn't give her enough love or attention that she wanted last week or something. And so I have this new creative idea. I want to do this. Maybe it's even like go on a vacation with her or something like that, but she's still resentful of the thing that happened last week. So she shuts that down. And now I'm resentful that I don't get to do my thing. So when she brings something, I shut that down. And I think that's how it would have gone, you know, years ago. Um, and now it goes, you know, because the resentment's gone, right. It's like, Hey, I have this creative thing. And now all of the energy that used to go into the resentment now goes into like us creating the vision together of what we want to do. Um, and yeah, there's a lot more of that. There's a lot more, um, there's a lot more energy. There's a lot more vision. There's a lot more teamwork. Um, and there's also a lot more independence. I can also go do things on my own. Like I live in a van. Um, and one of, you know, it's, it's very typical for boy meets girl you know, they go on some dates, they then move in together and then they spend the rest of their lives together. And, uh, I live in a van and I really value my freedom. And, uh, fortunately because of the work we've been able to do, uh, we can both take space from each other without it meaning anything. Uh, we've even had friends be like, Oh my God, like, is your relationship okay? Like, you know, Oh, are you worried about him? Like he's going to go away for two months. And like, Oh, is, is, and like, no, we just don't, we just connect with each other. If there's anything that comes up, any resentment, any frustration or that, we just, we have the tools to work through it. And then she gets to truly work on and develop her own sense of independence and, you know, personal creativity. I get to do mine. Um, and so there's this like huge level of, uh, like a profound, deep level of connection with a profound level of independence, um, which is unique. And usually we think we have to pick one or the other, <laughs> right? Um, and independence and, uh, and connection, um, you know, and the interdependence in the middle, they're not mutually exclusive, right? You don't have to choose. You can have it all. And um, yeah, just saying that's kind of fun. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, I was just going to pick up on that because I think a lot of what what you're saying there at times for folks depending on where they're at on the journey it might sound like a dream. Right? It's like what do you mean I can have all of that? And you're here to tell others as I am as well to say fuck yes you can. <laughs> 
totally possible. And I think this is what this is all about. Um, so that's where I want to go next is we're hearing everything you're sharing and all the possibilities. And I'm thinking, okay, cool. If I'm sitting here and saying, what, where do I go? How do I do this? How do I start? Where do I begin the quote unquote work towards this? What support should I seek? What resources would you recommend? Where do I start with all of this? You know, there, there's some books you can read to start off with. Um, uh, that that's usually a good start. Um, but it's, uh, I think the far more important thing is to get into some sort of group or some relationship, be it, be it coaching or uh, a men's group, a women's group, um, because you can't see what you can't see. And everything that's keeping you from a conscious relationship is pr- almost always wrapped in shame and is in what's called the shadow, which is a whole nother conversation. But there's these deeply repressed and suppressed and hidden parts of your own mind. And, you know, there's another fact about the human mind is that we believe our own bullshit, right? We are so convinced that our reality is the reality uh, that when it comes to getting out of this, getting out of these patterns, getting out of this way of being, you, you pretty much can't do it alone. And we need each other in this, which is actually, you know, a huge part of the healing is learning that you can actually share with other men, with other women. Um, be it one-on-one or in a group setting, um, to actually share this and be supported by someone outside of your relationship uh, is huge because of the nuclear family and all this stuff that exists in, in Western culture, which is this belief that you have to know all the answers and you just have to go into your little wooden box with your partner, hold your house, and you two just need to like figure it out. And if you can't, you're a failure as a man, you're a failure as a woman, and there's something wrong with you. Uh, and I think a huge part of beginning is learning that like, we are all in this together. Um, and that it's okay to ask for help. Um, I think that women have a much easier time asking for help, but for the men out there, um, I would say that literally asking for support either, you know, from a coach or from a men's group is probably about 80% of the work for men. Um, like it's the real hard part from there. It's just like, okay, I'm just literally showing you what tools to use. And you got to go to work and men just kind of like light up when you give them a hammer. Um, they just kind of go to work. And, uh, so yeah, the, the books, if you, if you want to start reading, uh, conscious loving, um, is a great one by Gay and Kathleen Hendricks. And then, um, getting the love you want by Harville and Helen Hunt is, is another really good one. Um, those are, those are the two places I would start off with to really explore this work. And, but I, again, you can read the books and you can get an idea for what you're in for. Um, but you, you're going to need some sort of external support because these blind spots are going to be what keeps you stuck. And if you just read the books and think that you can figure it out with your partner, um, you, you might be able to, like it is possible, but you almost always need someone to, uh, yeah, just call bullshit on you, <laughs> especially for the men out there. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's general, uh, general process. Yeah. Appreciate that. And I would totally 100% agree with just being in relationship with someone who can play the mirror for you. It sounds like that's what you're saying, right? Whether that's through the men's group 
or coaches, uh, just that support, I think gets you to that, to that next level that you're referring to. Right. Because, you know, just like you were saying, <laughs> I was that guy who thought I had shit figured out. It's like, I don't need anybody else. I got the books. I got everything. And then I come into this work and especially not only through the relationship, but through, through men's work and through men's group, I started recognizing how much I was essentially not being able to see the shit that I, that I didn't want to see because to your point, there's a part of us that hides us from that. And we need others to play the mirror to show us the part that we can't see, just simply put. And yeah, personally, I don't think I would have gotten to where I am now without the help of the men's group, but also coaches individually that I've worked with because they've played some some huge fucking mirrors for me. And then also uh, being in an intimate relationship and, and having the opportunity to use that as a mirror in itself, I think um, we've we've said, and I think you've probably said this, that relationships are our biggest spiritual teacher. If we are able to to see them in that way, whether that's your intimate relationship or uh, relationships in general, is what I would um, imagine nowadays. Because I imagine, even though you are a relationship coach, that it's not just about your intimate relationship, but that we're in relationship with everything. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it gets a little bit frustrating when, when we start to talk about this, but like how you are in relationship with your partner is how you are in relationship with yourself, which is how you are in relationship with the earth and your coworker and your family and your kids. Like they're not separate. And how you are in relationship with one thing is how you are in relationship with everything else. And, and that can be a little like disorienting and like kind of like frustrating for people to hear. But if you are not succeeding in your relationship with your partner, you're probably not succeeding in your relationship with yourself. And if you're not succeeding in your relationship with yourself, are you succeeding in your relationship with your work? Um, probably not. And, and the beauty is that when you start to, like, you can start anywhere. You can start with any relationship, be it work, self, partner, um, family. Uh, all of these things have this tendency to just, you know, start with the relationship you have with yourself. And how that then projects outward into the world. Um, yeah. Yeah, you just triggered a shitload of people. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, yes, I, I love when, when we throw truth bombs out like that because it's so true. You know, how you do one thing is, for the most part, always true that it's how you do everything. Uh, and I recognize that, that that always has held true for me as well. Um, so, in, in addition to sharing the resources, I wanted to give I wanted to give you a chance to to share what are some of the the key challenges that you think someone might uh, encounter as they start leaning into the work, whether it's with themselves or their partner that you might want to highlight here for folks. Yeah, I think two ends of the spectrum. Um, if you're on the kind of quote unquote avoidant end of the spectrum, um, then you will probably not take any of this seriously. You'll probably think that it's all just like you know, um, you'll probably think that you're the shit and you've got everything figured out and, um, yeah, that you have nothing to learn. Your partner is just like on some sort of like spiritual bender. And this, if you just ignore them long enough, then all this talk of conscious relationship and doing the work together will just go away. Um, and yeah, to those people, I would just say like, you don't have your shit to, like, none of us have our shit figured out. Like some people are a little bit further along than others. Um, so learn from them, but, uh, yeah. Um, and on the other end of the spectrum, you know, quote unquote, more anxious 
perhaps. Um, conscious relationship can get weaponized. It can be used as a tool to attack partners to say like, you're not conscious enough. You haven't done the work enough. You know, if only you were more conscious, I would love you. It, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, because if there's shame and blame involved, there's no consciousness. Like they are the opposite there. Um, right. So yeah, I think I would be this stuff. If, if there is shame and blame involved, then the work hasn't been done, you know, to the depth that it should be done. Um, and because this stuff is all over the internet now and it's all over Instagram and everyone's talking about it and, all right, you know, there's a lot more people talking about it. There's, there's a lot of stuff out there that, um, and understandably so there's a lot of pain that comes from a relationship. There's a lot of trauma that's happened, uh, to a lot of people, um, to pretty much every single one of us to various degrees and, so it, it is both normal for us to want to protect ourselves. Um, but I do see, a, you know, if you're in a relationship uh, where your partner is basically, where you feel attacked by how conscious they are and it doesn't feel right to you, it doesn't feel good, um, then that's okay, right? That doesn't mean that they're right. Um, and I would just say, if you're in that situation, like get curious yourself, find your own tools. Right. Approach the work from your own side. Um, you know, if if the books that your partner's reading don't resonate with you, find your own books. Don't don't just say, "Well, this isn't." There's nothing for me here. But get curious and figure out your own path. Um, because I promise there is something there for you. It just doesn't have to look like the same thing for your partner and for you. Um, there's areas where you can come together, but it is also okay for you each to like find what resonates or what feels good to each of you awesome and i think uh one of the things that we were going to get to and i think you've already covered it because i, I imagine for you uh, as a coach you probably hear many folks or many men that you work with come and say what the hell my partner doesn't want to do the work or she's not doing this or she's not doing that uh what would you generally answer or or advise them as you're as you're um working with them on that yeah it's usually the opposite it's usually i mean i do work one-on-one -on -one with women as well. And they're pretty much my, my male partner doesn't want to do the work. And I, I yeah, I, don't, I haven't come across too many men who, um, <laughs> who are like, my partner doesn't want to do the work. Um, but, uh, but yes, the, you know, it, you do not need your partner to do this work with you. It can be very helpful, but that is not an excuse not to start. Um, you are fully capable of building the tools you need and, and, you know, uh, sometimes it can actually be helpful if the both of you are in the work and you're both like, you know, super spiritual and you're both really in it. You can go down this other rabbit hole, which is that your entire relationship becomes processing and, you know, you don't actually have the boundaries in your life to, to, to have room for other things. Um, and so it, it, it can be, you know, um, it can be perfectly healthy and fine and healing to, to be in a relationship with someone who is not, you know, I, I think there's, there's a fine line or not a fine line. There's a very solid line between making sure that there's no like physical abuse or, you know, uh, anything that's like, uh, um, yeah, anything that's considered abusive. Um, but as long as you're not in a relationship with, with someone like that, then there's probably something you can do, um, to, 
take responsibility for your own self, to improve yourself, to find more of that own, uh, of your own independence. Um, and yeah, you know, you can a hundred percent get started on your own. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm looking at time, uh, Sansi, first of all, is there, is there anything else that you want to leave folks with on, on the topic here? No, I think, um, thanks for listening. This is a huge, huge new thing. I think this is in many ways, you know, I do think that there is something beautiful and unique for our generation to be tackling this. I think there's a lot of people, you know, in our parents' generation who started this work, but I think we are really going through a shift towards, uh, just having abundance in our lives to the point where we're not worried about food on the table. Uh, at least more of us are, are not worried than ever before. Um, you know, it's the point where we have the space now to really look at this and that our parents didn't right? and our grandparents definitely didn't. And for those of us who have the luxury and, you know, the, I mean, it is truly a luxury to be able to do a lot of this work. There can be a lot of blame towards parents um, from a lot of people in this work. And I would just say like, they were doing the best they could with what they had. So are we, we're just taking the baton and we're like, they, you know, our great, great grandparents ran the first lap. Then like our grandparents took, ran the second lap. <laughs> our parents just ran the third lap. And in many ways, I feel like our generation is like, we just been handed the baton of this relay race. And so take what you've you know been handed and, and keep moving forward. Keep working with other people, keep connecting. Um, and yeah, we, we are very much, you know, all, all in this together. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. And with that, where can, where can people reach you? And also, is it okay if folks do reach out with any uh, of the questions here based on what we've said? Yeah, man, for sure. Um, I am on Instagram at, uh, Santi Katuri. It's S-A-N-T-E-K-O-T-T-U-R-I. It's a weird one, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm on Instagram. That's the best place to reach me. Um, otherwise, santicature.com. You can email me from there. Uh, totally happy to answer any questions. And um, yeah, I've got a couple spots for one-on-one coaching. So if anyone wants to do one-on-one, um, can definitely would love to support some people. And uh, yeah, hopefully as COVID opens up, we can start doing some group work and do some shadow work and be doing a lot more online stuff and get in person this year. So uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Jonathan, for, for having me. It was great to see you. And it's just impressive to see how far you've come, man. Yeah. All right. I appreciate it. And yes, I would definitely even just check out uh, Santi's content. There's a lot of really good stuff on there uh, if you want to go deeper on a lot of this. Uh, Santi, thanks, man. I really appreciate you being on and looking forward to, to hearing some of the reactions from this conversation. <laughs>